Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Stephanie and Keith show, and I am Stephanie. Keith, you want to say something to everyone? I always want to say hello to everyone within the sound of my voice. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, you will find it entertaining. Yeah, so today, guys, we're going to be discussing the effects of divorce. Keith sees this quite a bit, so I wanted to pick his brain a little bit when it comes to divorce and the effects that it have on us. Keith, I have seen people who throw, like, divorce parties and celebrate their freedom. I've also seen the other side where people treat divorces like um, a death, and it, it really puts a toll on people. Um, and I'm just wondering, because I've never been through divorce, how often do you see people that be excited to get divorced versus people that's torn apart? Well, now you're talking about what's going on in a person's mind and what's going on in a person's emotions. Can okay. never eat that. But what you can do is look at two things that if you know both sides, both people in the marriage, you should be able to pretty much judge. One, the length of the marriage, and two, what they are expressing as the reason for the divorce. That will give you an idea if the divorce is something that is making one person happy and exhilarating and makes them want to party or is making one person extremely stressed out and, uh, you know, looking at with a sense of dread as the future because now they're facing their future maybe without that other person. Whereas mm-hmm. the other person is the same thing from a totally different mindset, so they're experiencing it in a totally different way. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, couples that probably just grow apart, where you will see, like, the divorce parties and there's not a lot of drama. It's it's an easy transition, whereas maybe you have someone that wants a divorce and the other person doesn't want a divorce, then that's going to bring about the other side of things. Could be, yes. Okay. I've seen ladies going to depression, and I've also seen ladies partying and living their best life. So I'm just like, how do you get from one end to the next end? I could never understand that. It just seems like to me a divorce, I see it as a loss because now you got to adjust to being by yourself. you got to adjust to doing everything on your own. you got to split everything up. And it just seems like something devastating. That's why I'm fascinated with those that's able to pick themselves up and walk away from this thing whole and brand new. Which do you see more often? I can't even say. All I can Mm. say is that when you talk about physical changes, In my opinion, that's probably because that person, whoever the person is experiencing those physical changes, obviously they're going through stress. Obviously Mm -hmm. they're focusing on some of the more important activities in life that are going to sustain their finances, to sustain good health. They have maybe become what I would call codependent on that other person. They probably are not the ones that actually want the divorce. Mm, Um, they now are experiencing something they don't want to happen. They don't want to get a divorce. They don't mm-hmm. want to leave the other person. They just can't stop it. It's like a mo- locomotive that's still that's revving up and starting to move. You want to be able to stop it, but you can't. It's just going to uh, build up speed and run you over. And the fact that you know you can't stop it, but you're trying every way you can to try to make it better. And nothing is going to work. It's just something that's just going to happen. Where the person who feels great never was codependent on the other person. 
always had a life outside of that person. Always yeah. had a ambition for their future by themselves if it came to that. They always thought like that. So I don't care if the divorce was one year or ten years. They feel they'll be just fine, and whatever it caused them to want a divorce, or they're just going along with the other person and doesn't want to be there anymore, they're fine with that either way because they have mm. enough resilience in themselves because they were never codependent. They were just married. Mm. Mm. So would it be safe to say when we see divorces having that effect on someone, it's more of a codependency to the relationship that we're really witnessing? In my opinion, the person who's suffering the stress and that, yeah, they were the codependent one. Because if yeah. they were codependent on each other, they probably wouldn't be getting a divorce. Most of the time, divorce is initiated by one person. Very, very unlikely that people just start staring at each other in the bed or across the dinner table, and they simultaneously say at the same time, it's just not working out. I think we mm-hmm. should split up. That is not yeah. a thought. Most people entertain simultaneously at the same time. Now, one person may go along with the other person once it's brought up, but usually one person has that thought first and has been thinking about that for a while, and they're the ones that initiate it. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, do you think that once a man separates from his wife and he sees that it's taking a real toll on her, you know, do you think they feel bad about that? That depends on what the reason for the divorce was. Mm-hmm. You may have empathy for the other person, but you feel, I just can't do it. I can't do it anymore. You bring too much toxicity to me. I love you, but you're toxic. Mm-hmm. That's one mm-hmm. reason for a divorce. Another reason is, you know, you just bore me to death. I don't like you anymore. That's a selfish reason for a divorce, but it's the reason a lot of people get divorced. Right, one, right. It's going to have a lot of empathy for the other person but I just can't have you around me anymore. The other Mm. is going to have no empathy. They don't care if it devastates the other person for the rest of their life. It's like, hey, that's them. Yeah, yeah. They they don't reach their quota. That's it. From a woman's perspective, you know, a woman try to pull away and she see that it's weighing a man down or having some type of effect on them. You know, they might drag it out a little longer because they don't want to devastate this person and they don't want to hurt this person. I was just wondering from a male's perspective, do they feel the same? But I guess that really depends on the person and the relationship that they had prior to the divorce. It depends on the makeup. Some people are resilient. They can weather Mm -hmm. any. Some people are devastated by things that other people would just say, hey, stuff happens in life, but it's devastating to them. Everybody differently. Everybody gets married for different reasons. When those mm-hmm. expectations are not met by a certain time, they're ready to bail because they want to be able to try it again with another person where maybe those expectations can be met. So the person who basically is not meeting the expectation, there's nothing they can do because they didn't even know that they were on. Mm-hmm. And now it winds up, they say. I have seen where divorces have caused people to go into substance abuse, depression, and all kinds of illnesses and different things. What kind of effect does that have on the spouse? Do they do they walk away feeling some type of guilt, or do they, like you said, they just like, well, you know, I'm sorry that they got to go through this, but, hey, I'm just glad I'm done with that. Because I know that 
from my perspective, just, just being a woman, just being someone who is just filled with so much empathy, it will really, I think, I have not been there. You never know till you actually going through it. But I think that if I knew me leaving my husband, you know, turned him into an addict, I would probably feel a little guilty about that. Like, God, I hate that that happened, you know. I don't know if it would be enough to go back, but I do know it would probably be something that I would carry for a while, you know. And I probably would try to do what I can to help them through it because of the guilt that I probably would carry seeing how how hard that they're taking this. They're devastated, but you're throwing a party and you're celebrating and you're happy to be free. I know that has to make them feel some type of way at the end of the day. Like, God, you just go rejoice like that because we're breaking up i mean i i think that they would make me feel some kind of way if i know my man is happy as he'd have been in you know in a long time and now he around here chinning and grinning and living his best life what type of effect have you seen debt to have on people because it could turn into easy to where people trying to you know hurt you because you're doing so well without them have you i know you've seen that i've seen everything you just said you came up with about seven or so different scenarios now. <laughs> so let's take one. How do you feel if it devastates the other person? If you throw in a party, apparently you don't really care what that other person's going through. The question okay. is why. And that could be a bunch of different reasons. And maybe the reasons are you just don't care about that person anymore. Maybe you never cared about that person. Maybe you had a time clock in your mind and you weren't getting married for love. You were getting married for some other things. You just didn't tell the other person that. That's why it's a celebration because now you paid your dues. It's time to basically take your winnings and basically move on with your life. You've been waiting mm-hmm. for this. That would be a reason to party. The other mm-hmm. person that because if you told them, maybe they wouldn't have married you. And maybe the benefit that you thought you were going to get and maybe you actually got from the marriage would not have gotten. People do not get married for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Like you've previously stated in other um, podcasts that we've done, most of these conversations should be had before we even get to this point, right? Yeah, that's only if the people are being honest. Some people, mm-hmm. are just, they want to get married for deceitful reasons. Could be mm-hmm. finance. You know, it could be to gain a, a certain position or a certain status. And they're not okay. telling you that. So all the talking in the world, because they're starting from deceit. Right, they're, right. They're not being open and forthcoming. They want to get married for their own reason. That's mm-hmm. why they have a clock in their head, and when that clock reaches a certain point, they tell the other person they don't want to be there anymore. They may give the truthful reason. They may give another deceitful reason. But bottom line is there's nothing that person can do to make them stay in that marriage. They're telling them it's over. They're not trying to work it out. They have the the time frame they had in their mind when they got married. They just started from deceit. So that marriage was never going to have a long-term run, almost no matter what the other person did. Right, right. Divorce itself is just, ooh, it's just, it's something else. Um, do you think that it's a time frame that one probably should consider before trying to um, enjoy themselves and enjoy their freedom? Like maybe I want to give it a few months, maybe even a year before I start letting, you know, my ex see me happy or see me 
doing things and living my best life so that they don't feel some type of way because it can be a trigger. It's a movie called Aquamony. Taraji P. Henson plays in it. She she stays with this man forever and a day while he's trying to get off his feet and sell his batteries. And all the while, her sisters is in her ear, and they're telling her how you need to kick him to the curb. He ain't doing nothing but holding you down. You've been supporting him from the time you've been with him. And so she gets rid of her man, and right around the time she gets rid of him, his life starts to change to whereas now he's able to get the people to look at this um, product, which was a battery, and it blows up, and he becomes rich. And then she becomes filled with all of this envy because now she feels like the life he's living with his new lady is her life because she put in the time, she put in the work. And I, I wonder if we to take the other person in consideration and say, well, you know what, I'm going to be discreet about how I'm moving and what I'm doing so that it doesn't affect this person um, versus just, like, having it all out in their face and sending them crazy because she tried to kill him and the woman. Have you ever seen something close to that? Have I seen where somebody got divorced and then the other person became very financially successful shortly after the divorce? Yes, right. I see that. Does that cause resentment or jealousy in the person? Well, that depends on what kind of financial trajectory their life was going and if they can get with somebody else who basically is uh, very financially successful. If they can't, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, it'll cause some resentment. And right. on the other uh is it going to cause resentment to the point that they actually want to go back and seek vengeance in some way on that person? Well, a lot of that depends on if that person allows to be around them. And most mm. people... If they are left by a person, they uh, it, it boggles my mind that any person who was left by a person is going to let them anywhere near around them in their new relationship. In real life, people don't have empathy like that. They might right. not have hatred, but they're not going to have empathy to want to be back around that person or allow that person to even see how they're living now. They might hear right. about it, but they're not going to see it. They're not right. going to be around. Right. They're not let that person back in their sphere because how they're going to get out of their mind that person just left me for no reason right right you know when you in a especially when you're in a marriage for a long time you know how you accumulate friends throughout the relationship like a lot of people they hang with other couples right and then you begin to get these relationships with these couples now now that we're getting divorced do that mean that i have to divorce my friends too your mind has to take sides. Yeah. Your mind. yeah it's a, in real right, life, you might. And that's before the person became rich. Once the person becomes rich, you definitely take sides then. Right, and right, right. I, most people are probably going to want to take. Right, right. It ain't going to yeah. be with the person who left who's now all upset because she can't get back. They running with the successful. Maybe then they can you know, be part of that new circle that they have, and that's definitely not going to hurt them anyway and probably is going to help them in some way. And the right. other person just be feeling however they feeling. But life's about choices. You take risks on people. You have faith and you take risks. Marriage is a risk. You marry somebody who's not rich, but you want to, marry, but you want to be married to a person that is rich, that's a risk that they'll ever be rich. Okay. Doesn't mean that talent turns into money. It should, it oftentimes does, but there's no guarantee until you get the money. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen where the, the divorce taints one's 
thoughts about marriage. Like a lot of people that I know that have been divorced once, a lot of them say that they're not getting married again. They don't want to do that again. So I understand that that marriage didn't work out. The first one didn't work out. But why is it that you would take the uh, stance to not be married again when possibly you could find a mate that is better suited for you and then that might be a better, more successful, more fulfilling marriage? Whereas you have people that will just be dead against getting married again just because of that experience that they had the first time around. How often have you experienced that? There's no way to judge it, in my opinion. Okay. People are feel different ways when something that they put a lot of themselves into financially, with children, with passion, uh, all those things go into a marriage. And when it mm-hmm. doesn't work, and you feel it was not your fault, you feel it was nothing that you did, mm-hmm. you may not have to go through that again. You mm-hmm. may want to find somebody who basically wants to be together and doesn't want to get married. And that would be a person you should probably look to be with because many people want to be married, whether they've never been married, whether they've only been married once and it didn't work out, whether they've been married multiple times. They're marriage-minded. That's what they want to be. So that's who they should look for. That's who they should go for. But some people, if they're not marriage-minded, that's a deal-breaker for the relationship. You're not going to change their mind. They like you, but the fact that when it went wrong left them so emotionally just twisted, not mm-hmm. devastated, but just twisted, they cannot look at it any way that they want to subject themselves, even the possibility of it again. So one of the yeah. people look for is somebody who does not want to be married, who probably has grown children, been married once or twice, it didn't work out. Now they just want a companion that's loyal, that's stable, that has some other qualities, but doesn't want to get married because they don't want to get married. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. So now I've seen where sometimes marriage could spin people into like an identity crisis. Now listen to some of the comments that you've previously made. A lot of times when we witness something like that, again, we witness in that codependency. A person has been so consumed with the marriage and so about the marriage that once that marriage ends, it's like they don't really even know themselves, which brings about this identity crisis, would you say? Yes. Okay. Now, how often do you see something like that when dealing with divorce? Do you see, is that frequent? Does that happen frequently or not so much? To some degree, it probably happens a lot. The only way I would be in a position to judge if somebody wanted to confide in me Mm -hmm. that particular Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, emotional mindset that they had. If they Mm -hmm. confide in me, I would keep that to myself. But I would be able to, you know, kind of judge in my mind, is this something that's usual or not usual? And I haven't had that many people who basically had a divorce that they went through some emotional trauma, and now they're trying to deal with it, and they happen to want to tell me. A professional right. therapist would probably be somebody who would have a lot of experience with that to say, is that real common? Is it slightly common? Or is it very right. rare? Right, right. From what I'm hearing... A lot of these pains and aches that come from divorce is more so wrapped on the codependency and the fact that maybe they weren't the person that actually wanted the divorce. And so nine times out of ten, we're going to see that in them. But the person that come to grips with everything and that was okay with getting married and, like you said, that sustained their life 
throughout the marriage, meaning, you know, they had a life outside of the marriage, those people usually pop back pretty quick, huh? Depends. The reason for the divorce, I go back to that phrase. Mm -hmm. If the reason for the divorce is something that that other person evolved into, they evolved Mm -hmm. into somebody that basically nobody would want to be with, substance abuse not being able to hold a job, whatever money that they had, they were very wasteful with it. They weren't about Mm -hmm. sacrifice. They weren't about loyalty. They were about lying. They were about deceit. They were about Mm -hmm. arguing. They were about a bunch of stuff that would all be considered negative. That's what they turned into. That other person can love who that person was, but they can't stay with the person as they are now. So they could not want to really be married anymore, but they can't live under those conditions. Both those people could go through some emotional trauma because of the divorce. The person who is um, divorcing loves the person, but not what they've morphed into. And the person that's morphed into this doesn't want to be this way, but they're so far gone that Mm. it would maybe too long to reverse it and get rid of all those qualities and they don't even know if they have that within them to make that type of turnaround because they're too far gone. So they may mm-hmm. both look at each other and say, I really want you, but it's not working. Now, one person may take the lead in trying to get out, but, you know, both those people, if that's the reason for support. And then, again, you have the flip side. If one person's totally invested, the other person just says, ah, it's just not working, I'm not happy. What, well, what about she was not happy? I don't know. I'm just not happy. So we're getting a divorce. End of story. We're not having no more of a conversation. That is the conversation. Wow. Now I know that has to be devastating. It probably would be. But mm-hmm. some people, that that's basically what happens. Now, that's the person who may go out and throw the party. Wow, ladies. You hear this? This is something else. So, okay, what about this question? Again, it, it might be one that you might not have an answer for, but I'm going to shoot my shot anyway. Which one would you say handles divorces better? And the reason why I'm asking is because most women are very emotional, whereas a lot of men are more logical. In your line of work, which one would you say handles it better, women or men? Uh, you got to be more specific. Uh, majority of men or women what? Which ones do you think bounce back quick? I would say that's not divided up amongst just gender. That's divided okay. up the makeup of a person. If okay. your emotion can be compartmentalized, you can be devastated. Deal with that, compartmentalize that devastation, and then focus on all the other things that are important to life to survive, to sustain yourself, to make yourself happy, you'll probably mm-hmm. do okay. If it's a person that basically is just devastated and now that just has redirected their focus to nothing but this devastation, even therapy is going to have a hard time bringing you totally back, and you may never come totally back. But that's the person. That's not the event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Um, the next thing that I want to touch bases on when it comes to divorce is how many people do you see that get divorced and probably come back together? you know, after being apart for a little while? Because I've seen that, and I'm sure you have, too. Sure. If you get married young, you get married early, you stay in close physical proximity to each other. There was no devastating toxicity to make you get a divorce. You just weren't happy 
or the other person wasn't fulfilling you in certain ways, or the other person cheated. That's the big thing. And you just mm. couldn't give that. But when you got out here in life and your next five boyfriends all cheated on you and they didn't have nearly the degree of loyalty that you had from your husband who cheated, now you may look at them in a certain way. You may be willing right. to go, maybe give that another shot because now it's not just about the person. It's about the other people who you come across out here in life and how you vibe with them and how they treat you. And then it's like mm. between what you find out here and what you had. And if you find what you out here is nowhere near what you have, and that person's still unattached, and that person wants to try it again, that's where a little therapy, a little change of behavior, you might have had a better marriage than you had before, if you're lucky. Is that something that you often see? Sometimes, because it's easier to see. Where these other mm-hmm. things, people can keep devastation of their emotions to themselves, because you're not in their household. When they're mm-hmm. out of it, they can compartmentalize that. Even though mm-hmm. it's all over their mind and their emotions, they can focus enough to get through the day till they come back home and fall apart and you're not in their home. But you can right. see if a person gets a divorce and you know them, and then you can see if they get back together. So that stuff is more obvious to see, but mm-hmm. I can't if it's the majority. It's just easier to see when it happens. Right. So what do you see most couples getting divorced do it be because they just grew apart? Do you see more because of cheating? Um, what do you see most? Money. Money's the number one reason people split up. I, right. You spend too much. You don't spend it on the right thing. We're not saving enough. You're too frugal with it. You don't make enough of it. You're not generous enough with it. However yeah. you want to wrap around money, it's money. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And that makes sense because money puts a strain on a relationship, definitely, if it's, if you don't have enough of it, especially. Um, so let me see. Is there anything else, anything else that I want to run down? Have you ever seen the kids gravitate more to the father or to the mother? Like they got to choose. The kids may side with whoever they like or whoever's more persuasive. Because kids are not above sometimes going with, you know, who gives them the best deal. They love you both, but if I have to stay in one household, I want to stay in a household that's going to give me the most. Right. I mean, I'm only a kid for so long. This ain't going to be a lifetime thing. This may be for the next 10 years or so. One Mm -hmm. car at 16 and let me live in a mansion, and the other lives in just a nice apartment, and I have a choice to choose. Yeah, I might choose the one with the uh, the mansion and go buy me a nice car at 16. That's just the way it is. That's a bad thing. That's kind of human nature. But yes. some people, if they are really about sacrifice, they sometimes can stay married to a person uh, because of the kids until the kids are grown. And then they go right. ahead and go separate ways. And they could have that conversation and say, okay, this isn't working out. We're going to get a divorce, but we're not going to get it for the next nine years because then our youngest will be grown, then we're breaking apart. Yeah, I've heard that, too, a lot of people that have stayed together. And I question if that's a good thing or not because if you're miserable and you're in a miserable uh, situation, then how could that really be good for the kids? Sometimes I think it might just be best to walk away, even though you know you want to bring these kids up in a um, household where they have their mom and their father there. But if you guys are miserable and it's a lot of turmoil, then sometimes that could do more damage 
than just going ahead and being real and just getting a divorce. What if that's not for the divorce? What if the reason is I don't like you anymore? You just really, really rubbed me the wrong way. You're a really good person. I just don't like you. So don't you think that that will have some type of effect on the kids? It would be fine because it's not toxic. You just don't want to be with them anymore. But you'll string it out for another year because you feel I'm relatively young, I'm healthy, I got decades more to live, I can live nine more years around you. Don't you think the kids pick up on that energy whereas one time you guys were very affectionate and passionate to one another and now you're in different rooms, uh, don't speak? I don't care what kind of energy kids are picking up. You're there for structure. You're there for support. You're there for guidance. You ain't there to give the kids a fairy tale life. That would be nice, but you're there for those important things that you have to be on the scene as things transpire in kids' upbringing. That's why you stay together. Not well, that they give look at you as a great marriage. They look at you as the person who can give the discipline, the guidance, the structure. Can't do that all the time. It's possible to do it not living together under the same roof. It's harder. But yeah. can you do it? Sure. But you, if you want to try to give the best chance, you might live under the same roof. If that becomes impossible, then you have to be able to go out of your way to be around all the time. You talk to the kids every day. You stop by the house, wherever they're living with the mom or the grandma, whoever, once a day, twice a day. Those kids can reach out to you at 2 in the afternoon or 2 in the morning, and you're going to be able to accommodate and be there to take care of things. Yeah, that's possible. Right side of the household, so if that's the way it's got to be, it's got to be, but that's still about a lot of sacrifice. Right, but don't you think that that'll be more healthier than uh, serving up this diluted marriage to where now when they grow up and they're thinking that this is uh, the way marriage should be, you don't have to necessarily like each other, you don't have to spend time together, you don't have to do things together, you know, ain't that kind of tainting their perception of marriage itself? Because if you're a good person and you're a knowledgeable person, you're explaining to them over weeks, months, and years what marriage really is and that this is a type of marriage that didn't work out. But because we have guys and we're responsible, you know, we are basically going to do our responsibility to you guys. But that should not take your view of marriage. That's just one of the possibilities that it could happen. Marriages come with risks. Ours didn't work out, but we're going to stay in your life as a unit to basically make sure you guys have the best chance of starting out in life when you get to be grown. That's the reason we're still staying together because there are some reasons that are not really discussable with you now. While we are not going to be together as husband and wife, we're going to be together as mother and father to you. And that maybe when you get to be grown, we could revisit this conversation as to why the marriage didn't work out. But that's not a conversation you have with children other than to stay. A child has to stay in a child's place. But you won't be a child forever. And when you're grown and mature, maybe we can revisit this conversation as to why it didn't work out with us. Well, well, I absolutely love how you answered that. And I think the difference from what I was saying to how you broke that down is that you're not trying to pull wool over the child's eyes. I think that's very important. So to a degree, you're being transparent enough for them to know 
that no, this is not your typical marriage. That's not what you're witnessing. But what you're witnessing is a father and mother that is making you the priority and giving you the foundation that we feel you need, which is why we're staying together in the capacity that we are. Now, I, I don't think that that would taint their perception of marriage. But if those that won't be as transparent and want to act like we still husband and wife, and act like we are married and don't include the kids and have those discussions that you said that you would have or you think that people should have, then it probably would taint a perception of marriage. Would you say? Of course. That's why they have therapy for people. That's why they have therapy for couples, <laughs> therapy for couples who are getting divorced, getting divorced right. and they have kids and how to deal with that and how to explain it. So you, you yeah. don't have to out. If you have great insurance or an extra thousand dollars, somebody can tell you. Yeah, that's 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 a beautiful thing because I think that it's not what you do, it's how you do it. So the fact that you said that you you know you feel like they should discuss this with the children and let them know exactly what's going on. We don't have to go into detail because, like you said, it's certain things that as a child you can't understand now. But you're telling them the basics that we're not like we used to be, but we are here for you in the same ways that we we always been. I I think that's dope. That's dope. I think that that's the way you do it. Uh, if you're going to choose to stay together, I, I would agree with that 100%. Um, did you have any closing remarks that you might want to make? Therapy before marriage. Therapy in the form of premarital counseling is important. But mm. there's a, I always use have faith and take risks. Marriage yes. is of that. You get married on faith, but it is a risk in more ways than you have fingers, toes, and teeth. <laughs> yes. And you yes. are taking risks on that person, knowing mm -hmm. our previous video talked about, every 10 years, that's going to be another person. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You really mm -hmm. have to, you know, have that faith because you're taking that risk. And I don't care. A, a person can turn from codependent to not that codependent. I mean, they can do all sorts of things to end up in a position that when you're divorcing them, they're a totally different person. Yes. And that doesn't mean why you're divorcing them, but that can mean that's the person you're going up against now. And remember, they know all your secrets. All your secrets. Oh, all of them. Well, I want to thank you guys for listening and tuning in to Stephanie and Keith. And like I always say, if you guys have anything that you want to discuss or even add to, please let us know. Thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Stay together. It's lonely out here. <laughs>